0: Welcome to Anxiety and the Artist, the podcast that explores artists' relationship with anxiety, offering insight and inspiration. I'm your host, Alison Schaff. My guest today is Greg Stone. Greg is an actor and writer originally from the Pacific Northwest. He has appeared on Broadway in Les Miserables and in the original casts of Oklahoma, Urban Cowboy, and the Pirate Queen. Greg toured extensively across North America in Les Miserables, Miss Saigon, and Whistle Down the Wind. He is a graduate of the University of Washington and currently resides on Kameno Island. Greg, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about your background as an artist and your relationship with anxiety.
1: Um, well, my background as an artist uh, started when I was really young. I was discovered in music class in fifth grade.
0: Nice. (laughs) I
1: was, and I came home to my parents and I said, Mom, Dad, I'm going to be in an opera. And that was not the sort of thing we did listen to around our house or anything like that. And uh, they were like, what? Anyway, so yeah, I was a mall in a Mall in the Night Visitors when I was a kid. And that was my first experience, uh, 1979. Nice. yeah, I was like 12 or 11 or something. And I loved it. I loved I loved everything about it. And then in high school, I you know, I did a couple of the musicals and plays and realized that's what I I wanted to be an actor. And so I started you know, I got into college, community college. I I followed that and then when I transferred to the University of Washington, I I took my academic courses and I was doing uh community theater and just kind of kind of went from there. I just kept doing theater and Seattle opera, and then it just kind of went.
0: At what point did you move to New York?
1: I was doing a show at the Fifth Avenue, the Wizard of Oz, and I was in the ensemble. I, I sang in the offstage mic, basically, is all I did. And uh, we had a poker night one night afterwards, and I was there with some of the guys, and there was a character actor from New York named Michael and He was playing the Cowardly Lion.
0: Oh. I love Michael Mulheran. Oh, you know him? I do. He's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he turned to me and he, you know, he said, Kid, you know, kid at the time, you know, <laughs> he said, Kid, you're good looking. You can sing. Well, why don't you go to New York? And honestly, I had never thought about it before in my life. I was really? like, what? New York? Really? I mean, I'm a little Seattle guy. And, and you know, I was like, OK, why not? So <laughs> I booked a flight out there with a buddy and we stayed at, at Pat Sullivan's uh, apartment in Hell's Kitchen, sleeping on the floor. And I booked this uh, gig at uh, Fort Atkinson, the Fireside Dinner Theater in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. And, um, and then I went back to New York after that and I booked my, uh, the tour of Les Mis shortly thereafter. Wow.
0: Yeah. You had like, I don't want to say a rare success story, but you didn't spend a lot of time pounding the pavement early on, it sounds Mm -hmm. like.
1: Um, my, my friends were mad at me because I came to New York, I stayed on their couch for a month, I got a job, I came back, and I booked another job. And yeah, it was, it was, you know, just really good timing, of course. Now, it's a, it's a long story. It's a whole story how I got into Les Mis. That's a, that's a story for another day.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, what's, what's your relationship with anxiety as it relates to your performing?
1: You know, um, or in early on, I didn't have, I don't think any other than the normal, um, you know, a little bit of nerves. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just filled with a confidence, a naive confidence, I'd say. That really <laughs> it, it served me well, though. I just kind of went in there, you know, eyes wide open and just did the best I could. And that was okay. And I, I mean, I learned a lot in community theater. And I'd been singing since I was, you know, young. I was trained. You know, to sing properly, young. So I mean, it all came pretty naturally. Um, but the anxiety, that part came later on in life. Um, when I when I recognized first of all that I wasn't the greatest singer or actor in the world, there were so many people that were far <laughs> superior to me. Um, but uh, I wasn't sure exactly where it was coming from at the time. I just was like, I noticed that I was getting. Uh, worse at auditioning and I was getting more nervous and I was, uh, a few of the things I did were bad habits is like, I lived in New Jersey when I was living in the New York area, auditioning for that stuff. And so I wouldn't ever go to an audition late, right? You can't go to an audition late. So I was always like an hour early and you sitting in there listening to everybody do everything for an hour, you kind of second guess things. You know, I got more nervous just waiting. I love it if you can just stroll in, do your audition and walk out, Right. you know? Right. But that didn't happen. But in any case, um, my anxiety started getting worse and worse, and I wasn't really sure where it was from. I just thought it was something that I was acquiring with age.
0: Okay. So you recently released a video about your struggle with alcohol addiction. Can you take us back to when that started?
1: That's a thing that now that I'm not drinking, um, I have a more clarity over it. I look back and go, oh my gosh, it started way sooner than I, I knew. Hmm. You know, it, it started mm-hmm. back in college and I had issues about it, but I I, I didn't really ever link them to that issue. And, and. And that was um, where a lot of my anxiety was coming from. Huh. And the the thing is, I would sort of turn to alcohol, sometimes to help with anxiety at the end of the day or, and stuff like that. But I, I didn't realize that it was contributing to my anxiety, actually pretty profoundly.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And ha- so take us through that. Like, so you're drinking in college, you... I'm assuming you drink on the road, because who doesn't?
1: Yeah, th- I mean, that's it, right? You know, you, you drink on the road, it, you're all, you know, I was in mid to late 20s, and you're in the hotel rooms, have, making more money than you ever made in your life, and you, you have a show, you go out and have drinks afterwards, and that was just sort of the normal, you know, it was kind of part of the culture, and um, the thing I would... I I th- I know one of the questions you're you're probably going to ask me I think later on is you know um when when did it become sort of a problem mm-hmm. for me and and what happened for me is that um The drinking and the partying that was fine when I was working, everything, it wasn't a problem because the work schedule kept me on track, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't drink before rehearsals. You can't drink before the show, or I I didn't. And um, so that would keep me on track. But as we know in this business, the shows end. And um, sometimes there's a long period of unemployment. And, um, you know, during those periods, I would just find i would just you know start earlier and drink longer and Mm -hmm. then the longer the period of unemployment was the harder it was for me to get back into that that rehearsal shape and that work shape but i always did i always bounced back and everything you know i would just it would take me a while to sort of reacclimate to 10 a.m rehearsals and things like that but i did but then you know, cumulatively over the years, I think that obviously it took a toll, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really aware of it at the time.
0: So you already sort of addressed this a little bit, but what was the state of your mental health throughout this process? Were you like, I'm great? Or, <laughs> or were you starting to maybe notice some cracks in in the exterior?
1: Yeah, like, say, (laughs) like, looking back now, I could, I see more of those cracks. At the time, I thought, I'm great, just Mm -hmm. like you said, or this is manageable, or, well, I didn't feel good that, that week, and um, not necessarily attribute it to much other than just whatever, you know, because then next day I'd be fine or something like that, and I didn't have any big, dramatic um, moments, there was Mm -hmm. no... DUIs or, you know, there was none of that type of stuff. So, um, you know, my, I thought I was okay. Um, was it just little ne-
0: moments? Like, could you not remember a lyric or could you not like, I, something- I
1: had issues with my language center at times huh. and that would, you know, um, where I would sort of stutter over my words a little bit more. And, um, I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't sometimes say it as quickly as I wanted to. And I was like, that's weird. Um, and that was when there was no alcohol in my system, right? My brain mm-hmm. had sort of rewired to working with alcohol in your system. And so it was it was used to that. And so when it wasn't there, sometimes things, you know, my coordination started to get not as well when I was sober. And, and that's when I knew... I had the problem, right? Mm, okay. When when um I started to feel I wasn't normal sober, I was normal when I'd ha- after until I'd had a few drinks, then I'd start to feel like a level of normalness.
0: Huh. And so would you continue would you drink to get to that level of normal?
1: Yes. Yes. And then, you know, that that just gets more, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that <laughs> it just incrementally it turns into a little bit more to get normal every time. And then over time, next thing you know, you're, you're drinking just too, too much.
0: Right. Right. So what was the turning point? At what point did you go, wow, I have a problem and I need to do something about this.
1: (laughs) Well, um, you know that, I mean, I was, I was aware that it was taking a toll on me. You know, I had been unemployed for a considerable period of time. Um, it, and, um, I, you know, I gained weight and I, I wasn't happy. And I, I was starting to recognize there were some symptoms of depression there too. Well, yeah, I guess, I guess there wasn't really a turning point per se, okay. except for, I just, I realized it, it was starting to get too much. So I, um, I decided I, I'm going to cut way back is what I, I did. And um, what I didn't know is that that's, It's sort of dangerous. Um, I didn't necessarily go cold turkey, but I decided to cut hard alcohol out of my life and just switch to light beer. And by that time, um, I guess that was an unsafe choice. Mm -hmm. Um, There are uh, there's more things I've learned about it since then. Um, But um, I I ended up in the hospital um, with severe alcohol withdrawal. And I couldn't. Yeah, I was. I was stuck there you know I I tried to get out
0: right and
1: and and there I was like thank you for taking me overnight and giving me some of these things I'm gonna go home and take care of this problem myself by just and I I I stood up to walk out and I collapsed on the floor my legs didn't work and um they're like you're not going anywhere and so um yeah, they uh I was I was I was in intensive care for a number of days and they flushed uh it, you know the alcohol out of my system and mm-hmm. um it was gone.
0: Huh. <laughs> okay. So, what actions did you take to facilitate in this recovery? Did you do a 12-step program? Did they refer you to something? Like how what was what went, what happened from there?
1: Um, they did refer me to a bunch of programs. I did not do those at, at that time. Um, although I would highly suggest that people do that. Uh, um, I...
0: So you still have the mentality of like, I've got this, I can handle this on my own.
1: Yes, that's kind of unfortunately a go-to mindset for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... I think it's a go-to and, mindset uh,
0: for a lot of people. Like, yeah. you know, I... I don't know anybody that wouldn't be like, nah, I'm good. Like I've got this.
1: <laughs> well, I would, I, know highly I, would <laughs> su- I highly would suggest people not do what I did, but, um, you know, uh, for me, I, my health had gotten so bad at the end and I was so frightened by the loss of my, my legs and right. my being able to walk and my losing my, my speech capacity that I knew that it was something I didn't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. So once it had cleared my system, um, it was it, was, it hasn't uh, to this day been um, even a, a consideration. Hmm. Um, I have nothing to do with it right now. I don't want to. It just took away so many good years for me. Mm-hmm. And so much time I was, I really, to be as, uh, I had to work hard at it. Let's put it this way. Like I, you know, you really got it to drink as hard as I was for a while. You really got to put in the effort. <laughs> and and um, once I got on the other side, I was like, what was I doing? That's ridiculous. I, if I focus that energy in other ways, I can, you know, I can do a lot more. Right. You know, right. good things instead of bad things. And so fortunately, there's there's been a temptation for me. Um, but... Uh, I know people and since um, since I've gone through this you know it's it's been made more aware that it's a way better course to, to go through um, any of those programs. And, and if you're considering um, stopping drinking, because I'm going to guess there's a lot of people who've been unemployed for the last couple of years (laughs) that, you know, found themselves maybe, maybe drinking at at noon or something like that, thinking, what the heck, it doesn't matter. I can work from home. I, I'm, you know, and I've been there and I've done that. But if, if you find yourself in a situation where it's, you know, it's it's becoming unmanageable, like it was for me. Um, seeking help is the important way to go, and if you go cold turkey, it's it's you know you you're in danger of hurting mm. yourself.
0: So, what actions did you take? Sorry, I sort of derailed you. Um, yeah. But what did you do to, aside from saying you were going to do it all by yourself, and then realizing that was a bad idea?
1: <laughs> um, well, no, I mean I did do it all by myself. You did, okay. I did. Um, I I started off doing it by myself by deciding I was going to taper off okay. is where the problem came. I, I decided to cut way back, mm-hmm. and I, I should have had some professional help there because there's medications that you can go on, and I was I was depleted in and um a lot of important things in my body because I wasn't eating properly as well. And so, I mean, it, it's it, the best choice would be to have medical supervision if you're going to, to cut back. And that's where I did it by myself. But then I ended up in the hospital mm-hmm. and, you know, that's not the place you want to end up. Right. When I got out, um, my mindset was clear. I was clear from all of it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. So um, uh, what I did from then on was uh, focus that energy towards um, just getting healthier and physically getting healthier. By mm-hmm. exercising, and that's what that that video that I have is that I created uh, is all about.
0: Awesome! Can you tell us a little bit about that and your your exercise, your fitness journey? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You know, well, first um, I I lost the use of my legs, and you know, when when you lose something like that, you you, you realize how much you'd taken it for granted, and. Um, I'd sort of think I'd gotten the mindset that I was fifty, you know, two years old. I was getting old and stuff like that because that's <laughs> you know what we tell ourselves. Right. And I realized that 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 didn't have to be the case. So I I started focusing on just first, you know, just walking and 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 gaining some strength back, and then um, and then I got onto uh, this these trainers, it was this, I fit and it happened to be the, the team that I followed and they had a lot of positive encouragement and coachings. And, um, and I really got into it. And then one, of, one of the instructors said, you know, you should film your, your progress along the way. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, why not, why not do that? And being, um, a creative person who's been missing out on the creativity thing. I just, I just started having fun with it, you know, right? and, uh, and just, you know, trying to show people that it, it's not just, it's not all, you don't win every day, you know, there's pluses, and you know, one step forward, one step back, but, you know, ultimately, uh, when you, you commit yourself to, uh, bettering yourself in whatever way that is, if you just, um, if you stick to it and you commit to it like a, If you can do daily, uh, those days, they add up really quick. We all know time goes by so fast, right? Uh, But you think, oh, I could never do this one thing. But the days, if you just do a little every day, it adds up. And next thing you know, you look back, a year has gone by and you've accomplished some things.
0: Right, right. I think we're, we're all under the delusion that things happen instantly, especially in our culture right now, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) especially with the way like people's stories are portrayed. It's, you know, it's, it's almost similar to like your, your success story early in your career. Like you just moved to New York and you just got a job. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It just happened. Um, But I think that, you know, in the long run, it things, success and recovery or accomplishments take time and you have to accept that
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> you know when i was going back to school i was contemplating going back to school and i was like i'm gonna be so old by the time i graduate and my <laughs> friend was like well you're gonna that time's gonna pass anyways it's not like you're gonna stop aging if you don't exactly. go back to school you might as well do it um Anyways, I digress. Uh, <laughs> no, not
1: really. I I totally agree. That's right on what I was what I'm thinking about.
0: So, what advice would you have to someone who is currently struggling with their mental health and or addiction?
1: Well, you know, the first thing is that you know you're not alone. That's that's why I I decided to talk to you and why I decided to make the video is is to. You, and thankfully, um, and your podcast, you know, uh, letting us know that there's other, uh, we're not alone, even though we're all individuals. And and right now we all are isolated. And so we definitely feel alone. Um, so there are those of you that are going through the same thing and it's okay. It's okay that we, you've got there. What, what I would say is that, you know, we have the capacity to, to make, changes in our lives that are are tremendous and um it's usually very helpful if you can lean on your friends or people you care about or most you know professionals um to get you through some of these things because um your life is precious and um i know that i feel so much better and um I'm trying not to beat myself up over the fact that I wasted some time there, but there's a lot of time in front of me and don't think that you're old or you can't, or, you know, like you said about your college, like, oh, I'm going to be old. No, no. <laughs> you know, you're the youngest right now that you'll, you've ever, be. you'll ever be for the rest of your right. life.
0: I was 37, by the way, when I graduated and I thought I was really old.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 37, right? Oh, an old lady. They should just, yes.
0: Is there anything else that you want to add or, or say before we sign off?
1: Just, uh, be good to be good to one another. You know, <laughs> I wish more people would just hear that message these days. It feels like, um, it feels like we're missing a little bit of civility. And I think, um, I would encourage everyone to just be good to one another.
0: (laughs) That's that's some great advice. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Greg, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your story. It's very appreciated.
1: Oh, you bet. It's my pleasure.
0: That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to my guest, Greg Stone. For more information on the resources we discussed, head on over to our website, com. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend until next time be healthy and stay creative anxiety the artist is produced by groster productions and recorded at homestead studios sound editing and engineering is by bosco chef our marketing guru is ben nissen our theme song was composed by bosco chef this podcast represents the opinions of allison chef and her guests the content here should not be taken as medical advice the content here is for informational purposes only And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.